fellow Americans. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free. Every man, woman, and child had a right to a future of freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tagline Podcast brought to you by Tag Strategies. This is a podcast about politics, pop culture, potential possibility, what's coming up and what we think about it. I am one of your co-hosts, Aaron Perini, joined, as always, by Christian McMullen. Christian, how are you? Good, good. Back from the long weekend? Yes. You went out of town? I did. I went back to Buffalo. Good weekend? Yeah. Yeah, got to Buffalo Wings, went to the went Where'd to the you falls. go? They don't call them Buffalo Wings in Buffalo, FYI. Yeah, the I, just rest had of to, the I had to clarify for everybody else. For the news. I went for wings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at, Here's uh, the real question. Bar Rancher, Ranch. Oh, Barbell. Bar yeah. Rancher blue cheese. I mean, only blue cheese. Thank you. All right. Because if that that would have been the end of this podcast immediately, if you had said that, yeah, I would have. I would have to declare a new like hometown. Yeah, I'd you know, you like, you're immediately exiled. I guess to I'm from Pittsburgh now. You're immediately exiled to Canada. Yep. You can deal with Justin Trudeau. Even in Canada, I think they're pretty heavy on the blue cheese. Oh, America's hat. Now I'm gonna man- make some Canadians mad. Hey. <laughs> well, well played. Uh, we are joined again today in studio by everybody's favorite silent co-host, Lincoln, who has decided not to sit near me whatsoever and is asleep on the other side of the room. Nice. He's under the table, right in the middle. Under the table and dreaming. Good good DMV. There up. we go. Yes, Countdown's Dave Math- on. I know. Dave Matthews is playing in Virginia next weekend. Are you going? Yes. Me too. Very exciting. I'm very excited. It's going to be great. All right, so uh, we may or may not get another podcast in this week, but either way, rate, review, subscribe. Join us for the fun and the madness. I'm on the road at the end of the week going to visit my family, Um, so I will be out of town, but let's kick this one off. What do you say, Christian? Yeah. All right. First up, a beautiful Washington Post article from yesterday talking about how U.S. policymakers misjudged inflation threat until it was too late. And it goes through a timeline starting back in February 2021 about how the Biden administration deflected blame and under tried to underplay the warning signs of inflation, even though everybody kept saying, especially on the right, uh, we are heading toward a huge inflation crisis. No, mm, doesn't seem at March 2021. No, May 2021. You see Janet Yellen stepping in. Yellen saying that inflation could hit 3% in June of 2021. Man, wouldn't 3% be a nice break, Yeah, wow. July 2021, Biden calls it temporary. And you just go through this long timeline about how Democrats refuse to see the writing on the wall that more spending... On top of all of the spending that the government needed to do to keep America moving during the pandemic, when Democrats added fuel to the to the growing economy coming out of COVID um, with their quote-unquote American Rescue Plan, which was a purely partisan vote, every other COVID relief bill had been bipartisan, you douse the uh, old uh, fire with gasoline and boom, inflation. But they, and I love this headline, they misjudged the inflation threat until it was too late. Oh, right. Because nobody was waving the red flag saying, hey, guys, you're going to crash into an over 8% inflation rate if you don't get your shizzle together. And here we are. Democrats, 
got the Washington Post running past interference for him. Yeah, and it and it wasn't it wasn't just Republicans, you know, kind of warning about this. I mean, that's it, true. It was it was truly a, a number of like former high level Obama, Larry Summers. Totally, and, Larry like, Summers has been talking about this for a long time. You know, a, a lot of people were were raising the raising the red flags on this, and you know, I I understand it was one of those situations where. From a political standpoint, you know, the more money in the system was sort of good. You know, they had they they could tout the benefits of blow, blasting money into the totally. system for so long, but you know, you need to have a really delicate balance, and that includes needing to have a really steady hand and an administration that is on top of you know, looking looking so much more ahead than uh, you know where the where the Biden administration has been. Sort of focus on the crises of the day. Well, and the media is so freaking complicit in all of this, right? There was a CNN headline from December of 2021 on why inflation can actually be good for everyday Americans and bad for rich people. Also, inflation is a good thing. So the fact that my dollar doesn't go as far is a good thing as a middle class or even as a lower class, like a, a middle lower class American. That's supposed to be a good thing. I mean, the media could not be more complicit in not holding this administration accountable yep. for anything, let alone the fact that they have decimated the American economy. Off the top of my head, there was a John Harwood piece like, oh, a bless. week or so ago or two weeks ago yeah. where he was even saying, well, well, it's not actually that bad for like, you know, like it's, it's kind of blown out of proportion because of certain things and like, you, you it's know, so easy to be a Democrat. It I, is so easy. You can see the talking points where people are like, well, more people are working from home. So the gas thing isn't as big a deal. We'll say that to the people who drive, I mean, in other parts of the country outside of D.C., there are people who drive close to an hour to their jobs every single day, two ways. Fixed you know, income, back and forth. right? Yep. Like people who want to live on a budget or have to live on a budget because they don't make a ton of money. They're like, OK, I want to spend, you know, 30 bucks a week on gas. That $30, $40, $50, whatever their budget allows is not going to put as much gas in their car. But hey. It's actually, uh, it's a good thing for everyday Americans when we see gas prices go up, when we see inflation, when we see the dollar not going as far. Those are all good things. And oh, heck, while you're at it, why don't we throw in an, uh, uh, an infant formula shortage? We'll just really mix yep. up the fun here. Yeah, really toss that in. Which, again, speaking of misjudging and not reading things, good article from NBC uh, today, really uh, a really illuminating article as to what's been going on at the White House um, from a number of people uh, had a had a hand in this piece, but basically breaking down, you know, specifically on on the infant shortage that, you know, Joe Biden, his administration, it's it seemingly kept it away from him or or didn't keep him properly abreast of the situation. He just kind of found out about what was going on a month ago. But the more you know, outside of the you know circumstances of the fact that it sounds like. The FDA has admitted the decisions around the shortage have been suboptimal. The thing that jumped out at me was the uh, the paragraph in this piece where Biden was frustrated with everyone walking back everything he's saying and you know saying that that, that <laughs> you mean cleaning up his mess, cleaning up his mess. But like uh, there was there was a line in here, and I'm trying to find it where you know it said something along the lines of like the president has to remind people he's still the president, and that <laughs> that that really does point to something that we've talked about this podcast every single episode basically but you know to see that um you know that these how how difficult this is for him when he says what he if he's saying what he means right there and then it's mistakes. being walks yeah. yeah and that you know now again it makes it really hard for these for anyone to 
for anyone to know exactly what's going on when he's speaking. Is this him meaning it and the policy not following and the administration walking him back? Him meaning not meaning it, like there's it's a it's a whole Pandora's box of opportunity. Like what is actually happening? Well, Republicans and people have always said you should take him at his word. So we should take him at his word. There are two things here that really stick out to me. One is that Joe Biden is treating this as really kind of a messaging issue, which is how they have played the entire administration, is that this is a comms issue and not a policy issue. And because they continue to treat every instance as the messaging's not just not right on this, they're woefully unserious about addressing the issues like the infant formula shortage or like the war in, uh, the Russian war against Ukraine. If they continue to treat everything as it's a communications issue, not a policy issue, it's why we continue to slip as a nation and not be standing on solid footing. And the other thing I will say to this about Joe Biden having to remind people he means what he says when he's the president of the United States, just yesterday he was flying back uh, and did, you know, what we call chopper talk, which is where the president talks to the press as he's coming either on or off Marine One, and you get a little bit of the chopper in the background, which for press is an ideal, but um, it does give them access. And he says that he wants to look into uh, banning nine millimeter guns. You know what that is? It's a handgun. That is a handgun. That people use for personal protection. For personal protection. Most so, popular, So right? now, yep, yep, that's the most popular handgun and the most popular rifle is the AR-15. Um, so you know what that means? Democrats want to ban the Second Amendment in the United States. If Joe Biden is so keen on our ability to take him out of what he says, this is the policy, this is the Biden White House policy, is to ban handguns in the United States. That is dangerous. And I will just riff very quickly here on the handgun conversation or on the gun conversation. If anybody ever comes to me and has a conversation with me about an assault weapon, I would love to hear them define it. And if they try to give me the definition that it is a military handgun or a military gun that has been provisioned to be used for civilians, the Sig Sawyer P320. It is the army version. It is the civilian version of the army handgun. It is an easy handgun to use. So if we are talking about assault weapons and people can't define that because they can't, because it's just a placating talking point, like you hear uh, common sense gun reform and all of that noise as well, uh, not, no real policies behind it. Um, you need to be ready to stand with the facts and push back, especially on the left in the media, to say, if you are talking about a handgun being against the Second Amendment when Heller, when, when D.C. versus Heller was just ruled on within the last five years in the United States that said the Second Amendment is protected because it is an overwhelming use for personal protection, Democrats are trying to do what Justin Trudeau is doing in Canada, and that is outright outlaw ownership of firearms. This is a country that has the first amendment because the second amendment allows the ability to protect it. And I have heard there is a, there is a conversation in this country that needs to be had about how we keep our country safe and how we keep everybody safe. But that conversation needs to include the rational conversation that also comes with it about how we do not infringe upon the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. And that is a fight I will have for the rest of my life, and I will be unafraid to do it. Yeah, and especially when, you know, you're seeing uh, another thing that the Biden administration is struggling with is the rising crime across the country. And, yeah. you know, people are, this is, you know, a there, there are a lot of people, I think, more worried about 
you know, right, uh, danger, you know, threats to their their homes and and their and their families now than you know, beforehand. So. Ever before, I mean, if and I will say this, and I will get off my gun rant. If gun laws were the solution to the crime problem in the United States, Washington D.C. and Chicago would be two of the safest cities in the country, and they are not. So, if a criminal wants to break the law, they are a criminal because they will break the law, and not because they give a single damn about what the law says. You know who gets most upset when there are mass murders that we saw like in Uvalde? Members of the National Rifle Association because they fully believe as a law-abiding citizen you have the right, constitutionally protected right, to be able to protect yourself. And to hear that the way that the NRA has been attacked for something that, this guy wasn't an NRA member. To hear the way that they have been attacked by the media so viciously for for being an advocacy group, the oldest civil rights organization in the United States for law-abiding citizens to be able to protect the Second Amendment of the Constitution. The media is complacent in it, and they gaslight the American people when you say to them, if gun laws were the solution, Chicago and Washington would be the safest places in the country. Sorry, that was my rant. I had to do it. I just It just drives me freaking nuts. It's been bothering the bejesus out of me. Yeah, no, it's a lot of... A lot of a lot of really just disingenuous reporting on you know a lot of um, a lot of that stuff. No, totally. So I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But going back to Biden in the White House, what do we know? The media is complacent. The media provides air cover. His his own staff doesn't listen to him, and probably for good reason because it's very clear that what we said on the 2020 campaign was he is a shell. Right? He's like a Trojan horse for the radical left. And so if you look at all of the left-wing activist groups that now have staff within the White House, right? Didn't Saki used to work at Demand Justice? Yep. A left-wing dark money group. Uh, what do we see there? The, that all of those crazy radical leftists got into the White House and they're like, just let the old man take a nap. We'll put the policy out and we'll say where this administration is going. And Biden's like, excuse me, 46th president of the United States. Yeah. And you have a lot of his staff. I mean, it sounds like, you know, a couple of things also came out. It sounds like Ron Klain is going to depart after the midterms. You know, there'll oh, be more. Not the prime minister. Not the, Say it isn't so. Not the Twitter liker. We in need chief. like that. Um, Yeah. That gets into Supreme Court rulings. We need the boys to men. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday with like some like soft candles, like in loving memory of Prime Minister Klain. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got plenty of time, plenty, plenty of good memories upcoming. Oh, um, that's going to be a goodbye tour for the books. Yeah. I mean, they're they're The administration is very frustrated with, you know, the it, you know, the he was complaining about the lack of credit they received for the you know job number, positive job numbers that have come through. <laughs> You know, they mixed. think everything's a messaging they issue. Re- it really, yeah, it really is, and it it will be interesting to see too with the you know the departures of some it, it, the Biden originals. You know, if the if the left wing, like we said, the activists, you know, if it if the if the answer is doubling down on these these more radical progressives, because you know the the more old school, what the adults are in charge is what the media told us on all this. Those type of folks are you know will be departing and. Man, uh, if have departed wants. or will be departing, likely. So, well, every White House has turnover, but Clay leaving. I mean, that'll that'll be great for the American people. Yeah, well, or not, because we'll have a lot. You think Clay is the voice of reason in the least, Biden hey, administration? We at least know with, with, Hot take. with it. Well, 
with his twi- not reason I per need, se. I need a button. We at least know what they're a, thinking, what's right? The because button he, for the hot take. He's out there liking the tweets. Like Ooh, he take. gives us a subtext we wouldn't normally have. That's true. He's he, really open in the he's open a very the windows. Open book. Yeah. yeah, very open book. You know, man, not good for America, you but at least nice we know where the there. where this where the uh, where the train. I going. was concerned you thought that Ron Clay was the voice of reason no. in the fight. No, but at least we know what he's saying or thinking. It's true. He's there's no confusion about what Ron Klain thinks because he openly tweets it or retweets it or likes it. Uh, when man. people when people get on like younger generations for being on their phone too much, Ron Klain. I point you to Ron Klain and a lot of <laughs> lot of these uh, a lot of these older political types who are just terminally online, like too yeah. way too much online. My phone told me that I was on my phone for like 11 hours last week, a day on average, and I was like, oh. No. Yeah, you get a couple of gonna, those. Gonna need to. That's that's half my day on my phone. Yeah, you're traveling. Traveling's the worst. If yeah, you're like I, sitting in an I airport think, on an airplane. I did a lot. I've been doing a lot of driving, and so I'm sure like my GPS being up on my phone. I, I like. I have to imagine that, that counts for some of this. Yeah. But you know what else I love to do? I do it. I do. I do it all the time. Cancel plans at the last minute. There's a new Wall Street Journal article about how. Canceling plans at the last minute is the new normal. Yeah. We've canceled a lot of podcasts at the last minute. We so that, <laughs> <laughs> like, you just called us out on our own podcast. You called us out. But like I, I have a lot of experience with this as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, listen, I, uh, I, I always have a FOMO, right? Like I fear I'm going to miss out on something, but I generally just want to go home at the end of the day. I'm just like, Usually Lincoln's not with me at the office. Side note, our AC is broken again in our house. It broke last year. Christian worked with me at a different job last year when we bought my house and the AC broke and it was like a multi-day saga of that nonsense. Yeah. And it took actually a few months to get fixed. Now it's broken again. So uh, Lincoln is at the office for that. But like normally I'm like, I just want to go home. I'm not incredibly social. So you're less guilty of this. You just don't make the plans in the first place. No, sometimes I do. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know what, it's happened twice now, and I really got to be better about it, where people are like, hey, we should meet up. And I've been like, hey, sorry, something came up, like, I got to bounce. I can't make it. And two of those times it's happened, it was because people wanted to talk to me about jobs. But they don't tell you that on the front end. Like, if you told me on the front end, like, hey, let's get a drink, I want to talk to you about X, I will for sure... Even if it's like somebody wants to talk to me about like their career or they want advice or they they have something specific that this would entail. Yes. But if they're just like, hey, let's catch up. 90% chance I think it's canceled. I, it's tough to put that out on the podcast, but it's it's honest. I'm, we're uh, really, we're I'm really, gonna, I am the Ron Klain open book right now. Yeah. I'm telling you exactly how it is. I just, I mean, I did go out for a drink with you and your girlfriend. I didn't cancel that. Yep. No, I mean you definitely do. Yeah, I'm I do not, I'm go not, out. I'm not, I didn't raise that. You, you, you selected this story. <laughs> I do go out. I just this isn't an intervention or anything. <laughs> I'm not like. <laughs> Thank you for coming to this intervention, Aaron. We need to talk about the fact that you keep canceling all your plans. But it it is it is interesting to see sort of yeah how the you know talk we're talking more socially about how the kind of how this permeates in actual like how it deals with hotel bookings and all you know across the, across the board and you know, how the pandemic has, yeah, has kind of changed that and uh, what that'll mean on the, uh, like, larger scale for, because we did, like, again, the the COVID was really good for, like, all the airplane, 
airlines like making I getting rid of change fees. I in COVID. I thrived in lockdown. Three months at my apartment at the time. Oh, I was living the dream. Are you kidding me? Getting up, walking the dogs, eating breakfast, making making eggs every day, and yeah. hanging, and then doing my morning calls and kind of. I, I it was a fantastic three months for me. But it has made culture a little bit better about last minute cancellations. So people are probably going to think less like, oh, Aaron always cancel plans. And it's just like, oh, everybody cancels plans now. It's true. Airlines, like, you don't get charged anymore. Yeah. Like, there are good things in hotels, like all that stuff. I mean, it reminds me I got to cancel an appointment for Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remember. I've been, I've been reminding myself every day for a week and haven't done it. Need to cancel plans. I gotta get no. It's an appointment. Remember, it's remember an app- <laughs> to do. It's an appointment. It's an appointment. I'm gonna be out. You of should town. be looking forward to canceling the thing. I should right, <laughs> right. You would think I would be better at canceling things in a more timely fashion, but instead, I will call them today and cancel my appointment for Thursday and have to re. I will reschedule it for next oh, week yeah. when I'm back. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, America is coming more to where I am, which is, is there anything better than hanging out at home? Probably not. No, it is good. I'm, you know, doing stuff is great, but being home is great too. Yeah. I've, I'm, I'm not canceling my tickets to Dave Matthews. I'm going. No, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a big activity. So like, you know, there are some things I don't. That'll be a good show. Oh, I'm so excited. Come on, Gray Street. Come on, Gray Street, third verse. Yeah. I think they'll bring that. If they play that and pig, I'll be deceased by the end of the show. I'll just be like the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. That's when you like check the set list like five days out. Like, yes, you see what they're playing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, All right. What's next? Yeah. Getting really excited. The SCOTUS leak of the potential, uh, you know, decision to overturn Roe or not. Um, The. Supreme Court is investigating their with their in-house sort of investigative team, and they are uh, asking for the clerk's phone records um, in what's being called an unprecedented move in an effort to try to find who the who the leaker is. And Smoke them out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is a pretty significant. It reminds me back in the Trump administration when they were trying to find leakers, and they're like, "Give me your phones." Me, Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. It's a little bit like that, except this is the Supreme Court and whoever the law clerk is that doesn't hand over their phone or their phone records. So one of my sisters is uh, an assistant district attorney. And she says that like text messages, because there are so many that are sent phone companies can only keep them for a few months. So like the timeliness on this is going to be a key factor in trying to figure out who is the perpetrator on this, especially if it's relative to text messages, because Phone carriers can only keep them for like six months because the, the volume is too high yeah. generally to keep records beyond that point. Yeah, the article says that a number of Supreme Court clerks are, you know, considering hiring outside counsel. I mean, this is, Ooh. you know, a, it's an unprecedented. The lawyers you know, are lawyering up. The leak was unprecedented. Obviously, the investigation is going to have to be unprecedented. I mean, there's there's no really, there's no real way around it. Um, Liars and leakers, nobody likes them. Yeah, it, it will be. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, again, there's a number of now of encrypted messaging services and all these, you know, the apps and people are using WhatsApp or, you know, whatever, uh, 
But this signal is good. Or, that yeah. there's more to see at this point. No, yeah, this this they should this should be serious. I mean, it there yeah. there really isn't. They got to treat it seriously. Um, any any way to get around, any way to get around that. Okay. Well, I'll be. We'll see what happens. I think that they like need to find them and like shake them loose. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if nothing else, I think there's a degree to where the investigation could be as a deterrent to any further. Um, yeah, know, these types of behaviors as well. Yeah, obviously. no, you do there, it. There's a degree to which even if it's not helpful or, you know, I'm yeah. sure that this was, you know, probably done via just tr- truly a photocopy and paper, you know, like who knows how exactly. Who knows how these leakers do it, but we're going to find out. I can't wait to see the full report. Yeah. All right. Last, last topic here. Uh, so trans swimmer, Leah Thomas, everybody knows the story about Leah Thomas. She, uh, transitioned from male to female within the last year. And she has said that trans athletes are not a threat to women's sports. Uh, plot twist doctors have come out and said that she has an unfair advantage in sports because she was born male and is now female. That doesn't surprise anybody and it shouldn't be surprising. And uh, we need to protect women's sports for women. Now that's not to say that trans athletes can't compete. I certainly think that there's an opportunity for that to be its own collegiate level of sports, but, or whatever the policy decision is, obviously NCAA is not going to do it because they're a joke of an organization, but uh, there is an unfair advantage, scientifically speaking. Yes. And, you know, it's one of those certain things where she said, you know, I'm not a threat to women's sports. And it's just, there is a degree to where some of these conversations where, you know, you have these individuals, the fact that we're not talking about, the fact that you're sucking up all the oxygen. And to some degree, I feel like that is, that's also a threat and and something like, you know, we're not talking, no one, I, I've been, we've been paying attention to things for a while. No one's been paying attention to who the NCAA to like, that's never been a household name. Who yeah. The NCAA, and that's an, you know, that may be a very unfair, it's unfair to the the sport as well that we, you know, people, it hasn't gotten as much coverage maybe as some of these athletes deserve, but you know, the, it is, it would be one of those situations where I think a, a lot more, uh, you know, someone a little bit with a little bit more humility would be a little bit almost uncomfortable with the degree, you know, the limelight that this is, is created. Oh, she's and, leaning in and wouldn't want to be a part of the controversy, especially knowing again, like we said, the, the biological advantages and it's hard to separate, you know, she obviously said no athlete is, is doing this to gain any competitive advantage, but it's, it's hard to see when you have someone with, you know, lifelong aspirations, obviously in these sports and, it's just hard to take that part out. It really is hard to take that part out, especially when you have athletes like Caitlyn Jenner and, you know, some of these, it, it's not, it is not just one group of people who has an issue with this. I mean, she's, she's receiving backlash from within her own mm-hmm. c- community. Yeah. I, of transgender I, individuals. The one thing I always say is I cannot imagine how difficult it must be to be born into a body that you don't feel is true to who you are. And so the care and the, the care we need to address this with is really paramount, but the honesty in the conversation also needs to be as equally paramount. And so for doctors to come forward and say there's an advantage here, that's a medically driven 
conversation and one based on science. And so that shouldn't have to be worried about being canceled for being honest and having the conversation because you can't just say, oh, nope, you're ignorant. Everybody shut your face. You don't get to talk about this because you don't know. There needs to be the balance between the care and the honesty, Um, like kind candor, right? That's what Gary Vee always says is you need kind candor. Um, That's the kind of thing that needs to happen in this conversation. Yeah, and I mean, this is a conversation conversation about swimming, but there's plenty of other sports where that physical advantage becomes dangerous. Right. To to women athletes, not, you know, this we're having a talk about who's winning, you know, who's gaining an unfair advantage and winning all the time. It we could easily be having a conversation of like, is it safe for right. certain people to be, you know? Yeah. If there if there are unfair advantages, it it could play it depending on what the sport is. And so, especially in, you know, combat sports or any you know, anything like combat that. Combat sports. What kind of sports do you play? Well, like MMA and boxing. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Combat sports. I think that's is what that they're what they're called? called? I don't know. Oh I, no, I hope I mean I hope that's what they're oh, called. Oh wow, that's aggressive. <laughs> well, with that, I think we can wrap. I th- so there are three quick things. One, hundred days until the NFL season starts. Very big. Two, today is Pancho Bila's birthday. Or it would be. Would be. Uh and three, the Real Housewives of Dubai premieres this week. Wow. June first. Interesting. It's a new franchise. Anybody who has ever watched Bravo, there used to be a show called Ladies in London. It had four seasons. It was kind of like Housewives, but a little less dramatic and obviously based in London. Uh, the the main woman from that, Carolyn Stanbury, who's fantastic on TV. She's like made for Housewife TV, moved to Dubai. And so they're bringing Carolyn okay. in for Real Housewives. Yeah, that was my Dubai. question. Is it going to be Amer- like Americans who have moved over there because of the industry? Some of them and- are. There's a little bit of a balance. But Carolyn's a, like a Londoner. Okay. Um, But she's great. So Real Housewives of Dubai. Very excited. Did you see Josh Allen's post on his Instagram? He was like, did not practicing golf. And he says, thank you to the simulators for helping me prep to beat Aaron Rodgers and his grandpa, Tom Brady in the match. That's good. Hell yes. Yeah. No, I mean, Tom Brady has been talking a lot of smack for a guy who posted a fake video of him getting a hole in one. I mean, (sighs) fake, fake, fake. Loser. No one likes liars and leakers. Tom Brady. Also just like, and cheats. Yeah. Retire, dude. Just yeah. go be. Just go away. Yeah, go. He was retired for like a weekend. He's like too much time with the family. Coming back. Yeah. Coming back. Ugh. Well. Anything else, Christian? Nah, that's it. That's it. This was a fun one. A little all aggressive. Over the place. And we didn't cancel it. We so. are, we didn't cancel it, and we're always all over the place. Yeah. It should just be the tag. That's line. the brand. That's that's our brand. That's our brand. Just all over the place. But you know what? We made some points. We got there. Nobody said they were good points. We just made them. That's that's for someone else to decide. That's that five stars. Five stars. That's when you know we made a good point. Five stars. Yep. All right, everybody. Uh, maybe you'll join us again this week. I don't know. We can try to figure out the technology we'll on find it. Out. It'll be a last minute. It'll be last minute. We might cancel. We might not. <laughs> the suspense, folks. Thank you again, Christian. As always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe. Join us again for another episode of the Tagline Podcast brought to you by Tag Strategies. Go get them. Goodbye. Go Bills. Go Bills.